Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy, they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my awesome co-host, Mina kunlo Sitap. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. All right. So we have a super fun episode coming for all of you right now. It is fun. It is a friend of ours, and it's just going to be, I, I, as I'd like to say, hilarious, because I think the three of us think that we are probably some of the funniest people ever. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Okay. So anyways, we are excited to... <laughs> but not. Um, we're excited to bring on Lindsay Schwartz. She is the founder of Powerhouse Women and the Powerhouse Women podcast. And she's also an author. She is a future golden granny. For those of you in Arizona, you know what we're talking about and a stand-up closet comedian. So welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. <laughs> we wrote that bio just for you guys because I'm actually <laughs> podcasting from my closet, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. And, well, you're, and you're also hilarious and I'm from very, your closet. Very hilarious. Yes. 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 I, really building up this episode. Um, So Lindsay, tell our audience if they don't know you already, um, what you do and how you support your community. Yes. So I am just like all of you. At some point, I woke up and realized, wow, I'm meant for more. I really am meant to do big things in this world. And I always just had that feeling inside of me. I uh, My first foray into entrepreneurship was actually in health and wellness. And what I saw happening over and over again is women in my life who would comment on, gosh, it's so cool what you've done. You know, we see the glamorized side of entrepreneurship, which just looks really fun and free. And in the next breath, they would tell me about a big idea they had or a dream to work for themselves or create a passion project, but also why they weren't ready or why they didn't know enough or why they felt like they weren't the one. And every time it had me step back and go, wait a minute, 
did no one tell you? That's, that's how we all feel every day. And that's how you know you're going in the right direction. So it inspired me to write the book, Powerhouse Woman, to really tell that side of the story and share through my own journey of figuring it out and doing it really messy and even not being really qualified to be an author. I'd never written anything more than this cute little blog I had for three years. And I always love to share with people that I published one article per year because I was so afraid to put myself out there. And this really led to what now has become a live event. We have an online community, mentorship resources, and really all around this idea that we're not meant to do business or life alone. And that's why I love what you stand for is to realize that, you know, there's someone else out there who's figured it out and who number one can probably give you at least a couple of resources and steps. But the biggest thing I think I needed and I still need at this stage of entrepreneurship is to know that I'm not alone. Like some of these crazy things you experience or fears that come up, some, you know, other people in your life probably don't understand it. My mom has no idea what I do for a living and she's so supportive, right? But I think when we step out and when we say, I'm going to be bold, I'm going to create this big idea that I know I'm meant to do, you should know that it it's not supposed to be done alone. You're supposed to surround yourself with others who can either support you, mentor you, or just make you feel like you're not a crazy person on days that you're sure you are. I love that so much. I mean, when we first met you, we met you actually at the light pink dinner in person. And it was so amazing. We could tell instantly what a connector you are in your community and just you know, really aligned with us. I think that when you start to find your community, I think all of us, when we're first starting, we get so, so scared to repel people. And I think that that's really hard. Even, you know, we have some people in our community that say, I don't want to email out too much because I don't want to annoy people, you know? And I think that's with all of us. But the thing is, is that, you know, I think a good gauge, I mean, just going off of what we talked about when we first started, how this we're clearly very funny, um, is that your community ends up being the people that get your humor. You know, yes. they start to understand you more and they kind of are on board for that journey. So I think that this is such a great episode to talk about because we all get this way and we always repeat it in our heads. You know, we that self-doubt always creeps in no matter what level you are at or um, even if you are surrounded by a support system, it gets easier and easier, but that doesn't mean that it completely dissolves either. So I love yeah. that we're talking about this. And you're, I think what I wish someone would have told me, number one, there's no point that you get to where you don't feel imposter syndrome, fear. It, it actually grows in proportion with how big your goal is that you're currently chasing. So the fear has actually gotten greater or the, the mental blocks, but I now know myself to be someone who can overcome them, who can grow through them. But also that your community needs deepen as you as you move forward too. There's, you know, I'm sure at the level of business you two have grown to, there's just fewer people who understand the unique challenges of being at this stage of business. So there's no point that I've found yet where we don't need community. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit more about how you do, what what is it that you, how do you serve your community and how do you think that could pertain to I know you do have product people in your community so um how do what do they take away from um your your community and what you offer 
Yeah. Uh, well, of course, my jokes, they can you know, <laughs> use them as their own. That is how I find my people is the one who laugh, the ones who laugh at the jokes. But, uh, you know, we we've realized that there are kind of these critical points along the entrepreneurship journey. So we have this beautiful membership community where when you're brand new and at really up until any stage that you just are really wanting to stay plugged in, it's a it's just a place where you can connect on a weekly basis with others who are in this journey with you. I think that's such the critical stage. So for those who are newer in their business journey, no matter what kind of business, it's really important to remember that your big idea is easiest to kill when it's in seed form, when it's just the tiny seed of an idea and you start sharing it with people who don't get it and they try to talk you out of it unintentionally. So it's really important that you nurture that idea by being in community with others who are like, oh, that's not crazy. No, actually you could do X, Y, and Z and wouldn't it be cool if we collaborated and have you thought of doing this? It starts to water the seed of that idea. And then as you go further along, and I know you have amazing resources for your community too, having a step-by-step plan to follow I mean, a lot of us have figured a lot out via Google, right? And being students of Google University, but also if there's someone out there who's done it, why wouldn't you take their course or, you know, step into their framework? And there's literally no one better for helping someone build a product-based business than what you two have created. We have our own version that's more, it's called Six Figure School. It's kind of more um, general entrepreneurship, how to really create that business plan that starts to monetize and get off the ground. And then a mastermind and different communities just like you've created, because it's really important, I think, for people to realize there's different different needs at different stages of entrepreneurship. So we we kind of tie all that together with a bow with this amazing live event. You both will have to come. Lots of jokes. I can promise lots of jokes at the Powerhouse Women event. And, uh, you know, really just under that theme that we're just really not meant to do it all alone. And it's been a really, really cool ride. Yeah. I mean, I'd say Mina and I both built six-figure businesses really on our own without community. And I think a few years into our businesses, we were searching for other people, which is how we actually met through a podcast and through like a six-figure women entrepreneur group. But then when we spoke the love language of product, that's when we're like, ooh, oh yeah. Like, you know, will you uh, will you get married and become my be- my business partner? My life partner forever. <laughs> forever. Forever. <laughs> no. Um, so you know, I think I think it is important. And I operated my business for 10 and a half years completely on my own. I started it, you know, when I was 26. And that was, I mean, when I first started my business, I was telling people they needed to buy websites. So and this is like pre, you know, social media for use in business and stuff like that. So absolutely there were not these um groups of women coming together and supporting each other um to build six figures. And what's been beautiful, and I know a lot of our community wants to get to their first six figures. Um and then I think the really cool thing too now is that women are talking about getting their first seven figures and then getting their first eight figures. Now listen, those of you out there listening, you know, some people are like mind blown. But then as you grow and you scale and you surround yourself with other people shooting for the same big, as we call like audacious dreams, you start to see what's possible. And that other people, like you said, they're not squashing or like pulling that seat out and like tossing it, but they're rather they're watering and be like, yeah, let's go. Like, let's see what's possible. Um, which is, I think what we love so much about the community that you've built. Um, one thing we talked about that you said that you're really working on a lot right now with your community is the idea of how to maximize a smaller audience. So I know a lot of you out there that are listening, you know, the drive is always like, how do I get more followers on, you know, social mm-hmm. media? Like, how do I grow, grow my business without paying for ads? And um, 
what have you all been talking about in terms of maximizing that smaller audience and, and growing your business? I love talking about this so much. And here's what I want my fellow smallish audience members to know is I am so grateful that that was my story because now I can tell, no one can tell me their audience is too small for them to be successful. I do, however, think we need to think differently. When you have a smaller audience, yes, the the goal is always to grow it, but there's a different way and there's actually a very big competitive advantage to having a smaller, more intimate community at first, because you can do things that having a larger audience is a little bit harder to do, like having that one-on-one really intimate feeling connection with the people who are a part of your world. Um, But it starts really, I think it starts with, and when I look at what helped us grow organically to multiple six figures before we ever spent a single dollar on a Facebook ad, is understanding that there is a difference between an audience and a community. If you take one thing away from this podcast, it's this mental shift that I think can help you start to see the beauty in the community, whatever size it is that you have. So an audience, if you think about it, um, just like I was telling the ladies, uh, my secret dream is to do a stand-up comedy routine (laughs) that I'm sure only one person will come to. No, two, the two of us. That's right. Okay, I'll (laughs) save two chairs, front row, front row just for you. And if you think of an audience, you know, that's the visual I get is someone on a stage with a microphone, all the attention is funneling toward that one person in our businesses. It's kind of asking ourselves the question, how do I get more people to follow me, want to know what I'm doing? And don't get me wrong. We want more people to know what you're doing. That's a good thing. But it, it shifts and I think it actually expands and becomes more powerful when we shift the mindset to audience building, to community building, which I think is going a level deeper and saying, okay, now that these people are paying attention, how can I get more people to connect with each other? How can I make my product in this case, you know, since we're talking to product bosses, how can my product become this thing that unifies people? How can it be something that if I see another woman who's carrying that handbag that I make or wearing that apparel, what do I automatically know about her? And how can that become a connection point around something that we both believe or we both want to embody? And when you think about your brand like that, now it almost doesn't matter as much how many people are following you, because if you can create your product as the centerpiece for a community, it has people naturally want to invite others who are like them to check out your page, to be involved with what you're doing. And from the beginning, number one, I think I'm really, I'm I'm a naturally excited person, meaning I will find joy in the smallest of things in life. And I've used that. We can talk a little bit about how to use that in your launch strategies. But the second piece, and really what I want you to take away from this is understanding that even if it's a hundred people following you, they probably all know five or six or seven people who have similar interests and beliefs and values as them, how can you make your brand the central hub where they know they can find other people who think like them and believe what they do? And you automatically get that exponential growth factor when you start to treat your brand as that, the hub for a really beautiful community that's built around something that you want to unify people around. I love that. That is so powerful because, you know, whether we realize it or not is true. I mean, we, you know, usually we accidentally land in our group of people. Like when you have small children, you land in a group of 
fellow moms that have kids the same age. Um, you know, sometimes it starts with perhaps, you know, your sisters or siblings, the ones that you grew up with, and then it moves out to whatever season of life you're in, you know, as you're going through life. So I love that because it is true. We definitely know five people, which is another secret too, right? Because as long as you up-level those five people, every time you're growing constantly because you become an average of those five people. So I love the direction we're going here because, you know, as they're calling people forward and, um, you know, finding the right people, getting those people to talk to each other. I think that the piece that for our audience that we have to continually remind them of is that you need to ask. Mm. Get so scared and asking those hundred people that are on their list to buy from them, to tell other people, to, um, or even to tell them more about themselves in a way that's useful to them. So can you give us some tips or some next steps that they could do to to kind of serve up the ask. Yes. Okay. So this is actually perfectly ties into what I alluded to with using whatever feels authentic to you about what I'm going to share. Because I do think it's important to keep this authentic to how you actually want to show up and how you show up for your business. But um, one of the things that can be really, really powerful in engaging your community is to make them feel like they're a part of it if you start to ask in ways that don't feel as scary, so ask them to vote on which product you should launch next, what color the packaging should be. If you make them feel like they're a part of it from creation all the way to when you launch it, all of a sudden they're like, well, I helped design that jacket. Clearly I must buy it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're, they're invested, but they're like, is it my business now? Yeah. <laughs> right. So number one is I think I, I really resonate with having a lot of fear around not wanting to annoy people, not wanting to be salesy. And we've really got to get over that. I say that with so much love to, to fully make the impact we're meant to make something that felt that helped me was starting to make easier asks that didn't feel as scary, that enrolled people in what I what I was showing them and what I was doing. But then um, the other part is, I think the fear, and I get this, I'm going to use the example of promoting our event, different thing that I'm promoting, but you'll understand me when I say this. Really, the call to action for an event is, did you get your ticket yet? So just like you're saying, did you buy yet? Did you hit, did you add to cart? Did you purchase the item? And it feels repetitive just to keep saying, hey, did you buy it yet? This is for sale. Hey, remember me? So instead, what if we thought of different ways to keep the audience excited to hear from us and see what we're doing? So for example, this is what we do for an event launch is we take, so we have like about a nine month launch because we'll open tickets sometimes as early as January for a September event, anywhere from six to nine months. And people are going to tune me out if all I do is show up and say, have you gotten your ticket yet? So instead, what we do is we create mini launches within a bigger launch. If you have an evergreen product that you want to keep people excited to hear about, how can you show that item, show your product in use in a different way that has people go, oh, well, I hadn't thought about it like that. Maybe I need it. So what we do, and then I'll, I'll relate it to a product scenario, is we break everything down into its own mini launch. We don't even give the, we'll give the date, but we usually won't announce the venue until later. We make that a launch. Make, make a big deal out of like, here, let's take you on a little tour of the event. Imagine yourself here. We'll announce each speaker individually. We announce different um, 
you know, we always try to come up with different interactive things that people would get excited about and make, give that its own time in the spotlight instead of launching the event day one, having all the information on a sales page. And now we have nothing else to, I've heard this analogy used. It's like, if you have children or have a pet, you know, it's like a a new rattle, a new toy that like they haven't seen before. It's the thing they're going to be most interested in or sometimes the box that that thing came in, right? So how can you take different elements of either the process of you making the thing that you sell or it could be it could be anything, a, launching a new, uh, you know, a limited edition things, something that gives the feeling of, ooh, this is fresh and new and I haven't seen this before. It actually engages people's brains differently because it's the novelty factor. So if you can think of different ways to make your the whole process of you coming up with the idea, launching it, showing us behind the scenes, you can show that product in different ways that isn't just you showing up and saying, have you bought it yet? But the subtlety, and you can include a call to action in showing it in a different way. So when, we, when we're doing these mini launches, we're always reminding people of the next deadline that we're pushing them toward. But I think that that also helped me feel less afraid because I felt so repetitive when I was just saying, right. did you buy it yet? Did you buy it yet? Yeah, like Ta-da, this is coming and you keep going. Actually, I've seen a few of our students do this in, in our on social and in our community. So I'll just relate it to product. Um, for example, you have a bag line coming out and um, you're letting everyone know the spring collection is coming. But at first you launch, you like tease out the colors. And so you say, you know, these are, you know, a little snippet of the color, but you don't even tell them what bags it's coming in, but then you you show the colors and then you're like, and then excited, you know, you show the color a little bit bigger, you kind of show a palette. So like, that would be what you're saying. At first, it might be a color launch. Then you might say, okay, we've got a new style coming or a mini version of this bigger style coming. Um, which bag do you think it is? And then all of a sudden you reveal like the, the bigger bag is now in a mini size. Um, and then you show the colors and a third launch would be now those bags are matched to the colors and they actually get to see the product in the two colors. And then there's finally the big reveal of the entire spring collection. And they've been on this journey with you for, I don't know, four weeks, six weeks, two months. It depends on how long you've been taking them on this journey. And then they're finally like, yes, you know, they've been waiting, you've been dangling the carrot. And then they're, they're, they're excited. And like you said, they feel like, what is this my line too? You know, cause I right. helped tell you whether I liked this color or that color. And um, yeah. or I told you which one I wanted the mini version of. And I want you all to realize is that you can feed to your community and your audience, the two choices you want them to pick to pick between. So let's say you have, you know, two bags and one, and you're bringing them both out in a mini, you can show those two bags and still, and say, which one do you want to see in a mini? And then you release them later and say, both of them are in minis. Right. So you get to kind of what's like guide their selection, but you're teasing out where you want them to go. Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know, I see. I keep saying content and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us 
that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Yeah. When Jacqueline was first giving that example, so you don't have to show the whole thing. You can show the little corner. They don't need to know what it is. It's just a little teaser. I did this actually in our Instagram stories. My daughter had you know, to take a stuffed animal to school. Oh, we're going back to the squirrel. Yeah. The squirrel, the (laughs) raccoon. And so she, we named the stuffed animal nuts. Okay. So she takes it to school. He's been a squirrel. She's owned him for a while. You know, he sleeps with her and, um, all of her friends at school, she's in first grade. They said, no, that's not a squirrel. That's a raccoon. And so she comes home and she's like, nuts is a raccoon. All my friends said he's a raccoon. I said, no, some squirrels just look different let's do a poll on Instagram and see what people say. So I guided it. I thought I did, but people are not getting the hint. Let me tell you. Um, I showed them the tail because the tail is clearly a squirrel one because we cannot rename this thing. She needs it to be a squirrel. Okay. So now I've swayed it enough where I think that I've guided in enough, but it's the same sort of thing, right? You can do that secretly too, you know, because it's a secret from her where it's like, oh, okay. This you is want her to that... want it to be, you want her to know it's a squirrel. So it's Confirm. everyone says it's a squirrel. You know, because <laughs> she's invested now and she wants to know that is in indeed a squirrel and its name matches and all those things. So if you have a color that you know is going to be a hit, right? And it's going to be the periwinkle that's going to come out, then you start swaying it towards that. You surround it with you know, objects that go with periwinkle. You, you pair it with a, you know, not so beautiful color that you know that your audience doesn't like that sort of thing. So you're swaying this thing, you know? And so you could do it that sort of way, but you know, we're just having fun with it really. And, um, and you know, that's the opposite version where you're swaying it. And then Jacqueline's was, you end up coming out with two and you say, we actually came out with two because these were our two top winners. And then you give them a coupon or whatever it is, or a special offer for each of each of the ones, the raccoon and the squirrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I mean, I already want to buy both just based on that story. <laughs> right? And I think that's the mistake is uh, so often we're in our work and we're not documenting and taking people along on the journey. So to us, it feels like finally my launch has arrived. Why aren't you all buying it? But to your audience, if they haven't seen and followed this journey, it's new to them. They need to see it probably multiple, multiple times before they're ready to buy. What if you were already planting those seeds that they're going to want this in their closet, in their home, whatever it is along the way, such that when it drops, and then if you're doing a good job creating urgency and having different deadlines or, or promotions around the launch, then it's a natural like, yes, I've actually, I knew I wanted to buy the moment I launched it. And it can feel like a failure if people don't buy it right away, but they just haven't seen it enough. They weren't along on the journey with us along the way. And that's such an easy thing to do. It's just start documenting more of the process. You're saying that people don't buy the second they see it? I mean, like, you know, my stuff, I'm sure it like sells out right away, like all three. No, but it's true. I've had those moments where I'm like, wait a minute, why? Like it's crickets, right? Cue the cricket noise right now. But it's, I've learned over time, it was, it, it was really a disservice to them not to take them 
him along on the journey. And then it didn't feel to me like selling or what felt inauthentic about sales that I was rejecting was actually just, I had to find my authentic way to do it. And I love I love enrolling people in the story and the journey with me. Like I said, I can be very excited about the smallest thing. And I leveraged that. And I would be like, oh my gosh, we just got the, you know, it could be a component for maybe you're getting like new. I have a friend who makes gorgeous handbags and she like freaked out one day about these gold, the gold hardware, because usually it's silver on the, on her bags. And I was like, dang, now I need, now I need to buy one because it's got the gold hardware she was so excited about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I, I've bought the same backpack in black, one in gold and one in silver <laughs> hardware. So thank you. We all Lindsay. have done that. <laughs> Just didn't know we needed it. Yeah. Um, I love actually that you use the example of Invent. I think that when you're selling a product and you're launching to it, you need to think of it as an event. It has a hype around it, a hook around it. Um, you, you know, you spoke about speakers that you showcase, but a lot of times when people are dropping in a, a product, they have the social proof as well. They have the influencers. They have the people that are, you know, buying right then and there. They have the wait list. They have the loyal customers. They have all these things. And it feels like a big event. Like people are buying into that event and it comes in a way of just an entire experience. So I think that really understanding that from even for all of you that are listening, flip it to make it feel like an event. Because a lot of times, especially out of 2020 um, and 2021, I mean, every year is hard at this point, that it feels that we need that connection. We need that experience. And that's what ultimately people are spending their money on is being a part of something because they're, you know, in the world and feeling overwhelmed by all the hard things in life, you know? So giving them a piece of that too. And even if it's an event for your, you know, two stuffed animals and your mom and your sister, <laughs> like you have to start somewhere. You they know? marry those stuffed animals to each other. So I'm serious when it's serious business around here. But I'm just saying like, <laughs> you know, and you're saying you could do this with a small audience, but we all, we literally, the three of us, we all had to start somewhere. Mina and I didn't start with an audience. When we launched our very first product, it was to, um, you know, we had, I don't know, 800 people max, you know, a thousand followers. Like it was nothing. And when we launched our product businesses, that was without the idea of social media. Like we had to go in other ways. So, um, so I want you all to realize and like what Lindsay teaches her students and her community is, you know, there's this idea of like, of maximize it in community. And, and when you're in community with other people, those could also be your first customers. Um, Lindsay, do you, in terms of, cause you're also, you are, I mean, that's a superpower of like bringing people together, connecting people. Um, not all of us are like you, you know, it's, it's a, it's a gift. Do you see that as a new sort of pathway to let's call it organic marketing for people where partnerships and collaboration, um, are another way to grow their businesses? Definitely. It's, and I think it was heightened by the fact that the last two years, we've all been through this collective trauma, really, of feeling more disconnected than ever. And uh, not only do you have a powerful opportunity, I think people are valuing more and more like the the experience of a tangible good. Uh, I am already thinking about like where do products fit within what we've built because I I really am one of those people who loves to have a tangible physical good um, and experience with a brand. But when you when you pair that with, I think if we look beyond, it goes all the way back to the beginning of this conversation about, you know, having this mindset of, of abundance, of, you know, being better when we're in community. 
I think there's so many collaboration opportunities that product-based businesses specifically might be missing or just not seeing or thinking about. I mean, as simple as we just came through the holidays, like pairing up and doing gift guides where you're promoting, you know, five other really aligned products to your audiences or, um, you know, you could do that physically on your website, link to other businesses that are linking back to yours. If you think about the power of what if there were a handful of other businesses, you created your own mini mastermind and you really thought about how can we leverage what we have, whatever size community we have to help everyone grow. I really think that's the new normal of going forward and doing business. And it's, it's time that women supporting women became more than just a hashtag. It's time that that just became how we operate and and realizing that when we come forward with that intention, that pure intention to lift others up, it's just going to come back to us tenfold. So have you seen, I'm curious because I, I do love the product space. Are there creative ways people have done this within your community? They're always partnering up. I think one thing that we're even seeing, you know, just with fellow uh, in our small business directory, they uh, there's everybody in the food category collaborated on a reel and they did a, a big push to that. Uh, the way that I'm seeing that also, and Jacqueline and I have talked about this, is even in retail, like general retail is being changed too. Having pop-ups that are coming up and having um, like a co-space you know? So even people feeling like they want that experience, like what you said, that they feel disconnected and they want to feel something in their hands. So even if it was to, you know, not traditional wholesale where you're going into a, um, a boutique, but it could be a pop-up in the boutique, or it could be in a space that a commercial realtor can't even rent out. I've seen things pop up even in there. We see even with bigger brands like Lululemon, we have a pop-up right now actually where I live. So really thinking about that too. I think one of the things that you do so well is that you really um, introduce people to the idea of connection and, and um, having that be like what you said, the new normal, right? And I think that that is something that we're starting to see too is, you know, when Jacqueline and I first started, it was kind of like a novel thing. Like you met on the internet, like that seems so scary, you know? And now it's like everybody's meeting on the internet. So I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Like this partnership seems scary because people even are like, what, you've met somebody on the internet or you're connecting with somebody on the internet? Like, can you speak a little bit about that too? I was just on a call with our community yesterday and a woman, I was just so grateful for her question because it was like, oh yeah, there was a time where I was afraid of that too. And she said, I don't want to be that weirdo who's sliding into DMs and and such and such. And she's like, what's your advice? And I said, well, you're not going to like it because I am that weirdo who slides into DMs. And I think first and foremost, to realize that your people, meaning if you're craving connection, even with other business owners, maybe it's with other people within the product boss community. You're feeling like you haven't uh, taken the initiative to reach out and make some more personal connections within the bigger community. Your people probably want to connect too. And yes, I've been ghosted. Yes, I've had those messages where you can see they read it, but they never answered. But I think that the way I always I always frame it is, okay, if I want to connect, and I'm actually far more introverted than most people would think, given that I can have extroverted tendencies and I love community, I it has taken work for me to grow the confidence to put myself out there. And I had to realize that, especially when I was starting my first business, 
I actually came from the construction world. I sold carpet tangent. So there weren't not many people in that industry that were the kind of people I knew I wanted to connect with. Like you said, the five I wanted to surround myself with. And I remember crying to my husband one day and I just love sometimes how, you know, our partners or, you know, people who know us can just kind of call it out in a blunt way. And he's like, what are you doing about it? If you want to connect, what do you think they're going to show up at your doorstep? And I was like, well, could they? I mean, well, that would be nice if there was DoorDash for female friendships. And so I had to just start. I just started to be that weirdo who would give someone a compliment, genuinely engage with their stuff, um, ask if they would be open to connecting and being clear what you mean by that. I think what I found I've had the best success with is give someone a compliment. It will, that goes a long way, right? What do you love about them? What do you appreciate about the way they show up? And then say, if you'd ever be open, I'd love to schedule maybe a 20 minute Zoom connection. You could share for a few minutes what you're doing. I could share what I'm doing and we could talk for a few minutes to see if there's any synergy to collaborate or support each other. If nothing else, we walk away having made a new friend. So not being vague about it, like, oh, hey, let's connect sometime. Just saying, hey, I'd love to get to know you. It's like in the dating world, if someone is like, if they're interested in you, just ask me out. So just start (laughs) asking people out. I'm going to tell you how to pick up girls. I mean, me and I always felt like we missed out on the whole like online dating and when we met each other, Uh we swiped right. (laughs) Yeah, that's the right way. (laughs) But I will tell you that, you know, (laughs) it took me saying yes to Jacqueline's date and, uh, (laughs) and then Jacqueline asking, right? Because she tells a story of how, you know, she heard about me on a podcast. It pinged her ear. She knew that I could potentially help her with Amazon. And she did the work to seek me out. You know, I also did the work to say, yes, I definitely, I will tell you was getting a lot of DMS asking people. She's quite popular (laughs) online. No, a lot seriously. of people were swiping right. A lot of people. <laughs> so basically, you know, there's a bunch yeah. of people that are like, can I pick your brain? Don't say that. Yeah. No, don't, say don't, that. don't say that. And so with being an uh, introvert and, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm not sure. And again, like I said, back then it wasn't a normal thing. Not really. There's only just starting to be like this idea of uh, the coffee chat, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of was like where I was at that I thought, okay, well, sure. I guess, you know, people are kind of doing that now, I guess, you know? And so I said, yes. So I think that be open to it, you know, from both sides. So there's pursuing it and then there's the receiving of it. And just, it's, it's how narratives and new things happen in in the world is that it takes both sides of people to be like, Hey, that's just the new normal now, you know? Mm I'm not one to ask for help either. So, you know, hearing Mina and, and like going on, I was, I'm not, you won't see me in Facebook groups. It's I'm very hard. Like I get distracted. So, you know, getting into this group, really my purpose in that group, it was through, you know, was that really it was a connection with her because I wasn't hanging out in chats. Um, but I think, and what you were saying about that compliment, offering the compliment is some of the biggest people we've had on our podcast, we've landed because we genuinely liked them and and gave a genuine compliment. So it was like, wow, I see that like, you're like this incredible investor. It's so inspirational. Um, you know, our our community would love to hear from you. Oh, even with no intention behind it though. Like we gave those compliments freely anyways, because we genuinely like them. Yeah. Cause we normally like follow, let's say, and then eventually, and then, you know, you know, like bigger influencers, how like they'll like the good ones, the ones that really know how to use social media to grow, they'll actually respond to a lot. There's people out there that like, you'll never hear from. 
but um, the ones that are using social media with intention, they do, you know, send back a heart or like a thank you every so often. So engaging with people like that and then giving the real compliment and then making whatever the ask is. So whether it is like, you know, I'd love to send your daughter like these, you know, I don't know, stuffies that I make or, um, because it, it depends. It depends on if you're looking for community to just become friends with somebody, which Mina and I did, and even us. Um, or it's something where you're at, there's some sort of ask or a collaboration with another small business. A lot of small businesses will be open. And then there's the bigger stuff where you're thinking, how do I reach someone with a bigger audience and will they want? So I think it's about being authentic and realizing we're all real human beings. Like influencers are just like us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just being authentic and connection. And you can't yeah. be, if you're awkward, you're awkward and you'll get the people who love you and the people who think you're hilarious. And there's going to be other people who don't think you're that funny. And, you know, I, I love you with them. Fellow awkward <laughs> people so much. And, and that's such a great point, I think, to and also to realize this, this is full circle even to how we all connected because at one time, Lori Harder was someone just on the internet that now is one of my best friends, but uh, that friendship has turned into so many other connections. And that started never by asking her something, but paying attention to what she was doing and how what I built might be able to serve her and help her. So realizing that anyone you want to connect with, they've got goals too. And what do you have that could possibly be of value? This is why building community is actually really valuable as well, because then you have a platform you can offer people you might want to connect with. But at the end of the day, it's knowing that at the end of the day, we are all human, but everyone has something that they want or need or have a goal. And you could possibly, if you're paying attention, you could be someone who fulfills that, whether or not you have the same size audience or, or any of that, but it's, it's being intentional with that ask when you make it. Oh, I love that so much because they are a human, right? And I think that for the flip side of that too, that just goes to show you and that just validates and reinforces for all of you that if they were to not respond, and um, because they do have their own world with their own goals, it has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. It's probably because they're really busy. It's probably because they have to pick up the kids. It's probably all these different things, you know? So get it into your kind of your um, head that we're, we're opening you up to this idea, but it does not guarantee anything. And you have to, and, um, and, you, and if there's, it's a no, like, like, um, we had said earlier about when you're reaching out, sliding to the DMs, which we, I don't know if people like, I think that's starting to get a bad connotation or something, you know? Um, <laughs> like Lindsay said, she had gotten a, like a lot of no's at one point that you don't take it to heart and you just keep going because it, it usually has nothing to do with you. I mean, to be clear, I actually do take it really personally at first. <laughs> and that's just being honest, but it's, it's worth it enough. Then I have like my whole, I use my personal development tools, but I just get uh-huh. it for those of you that might be really scared or it feels really personal like rejection. Um, it's really good. It's like weight training for your people pleasing. <laughs> just oh, yeah. you know, get out there and get, get rejected a couple of times. We had a conversation yesterday where I was like, Mina's like, I don't care. And I was like, oh. I care so deeply, I care like, so you know, <laughs> deeply, but it just, it just depends on how it just depends on how you approach stuff, but, and it could mm-hmm. be a not right now, but I think mm-hmm. it's the idea of like, of, of making, just taking that step forward into the uncomfortable world of whatever. And here's something that I've learned from this podcast community. Cause you know, 
the thing about growing a podcast is you get on other people's podcasts. That's just how it started. That's how we started. We had, like I said, no audience. It was like just asking everyone if they could be, if we could be on their podcast and vice versa. And, um, but the cool thing about this community, when you find the people that are your people, there's this exchange of how can I help your community? And then same thing, the same question is asked back, right? That we're in service of each other's communities, of each other's goals. And it's very much just a collaboration sort of situation, because especially in our podcasting world, me and I have podcasts with tons of other product-based business coaches. There's, there's a crossover. We all, we help each other in a different way. You have a ton of product bosses in your powerhouse and your six-figure lab and just in your community. And it, it's like, it's the idea of we can all help people at different times in their paths. Mm-hmm. And it's that crossover because none of us just have one person that we listen to. Like all of you listen to many podcasts or are, you know, have signed up for different courses and stuff like that. So I think when you are making asks, it should be, you know, you should reciprocate it. Is that the right word? Reciprocate it where it's like reciprocity. Yeah. It's like, and how can I help you? How can I help you? I'll do this. And how can I help you? And I think if we approach it like that, it doesn't feel like a take. And I think that's probably with Mina because I got the, I got the final rose um, (laughs) of all the ladies, but it was sort of this back and forth. So it was like, Hey, I need to figure out how to liquidate my product on Amazon, but then vice versa. I don't know. Maybe I was talking to her about our two-year-old kids or, you know, we just, it went back and forth. So it wasn't just like, and can you help me with this? I think, I don't, I don't know if I actually approach it that way. It wasn't like, I mean, I think it was because, so I did do like coffee chats with a lot of people. And I think that in this world, you meet people at different seasons of your life and you just connect with them differently, you know? So with Jacqueline, I, you know, it's, it's probably like a spark, like when people fall in love or whatever, you know, there's like some people stand out to you, you know? So I think that some people just get along with each other better. So with the two of us, we became very fast friends, you know, and, and we, you know, we had kids that were the same age. We got each other's humor. We, you know, we, we, uh, we did a podcast with another set of people that we thought we were all going to be so funny, by the way, Lindsay, like, you know, cause we think we're hilarious. We did not land yeah. like, oh, them no. and oh, right. us, like it did. We were like, it okay, was, that was really, miss, no. miss, you know? <laughs> and so it just goes to show you that you do, there's certain people in this world you connect with better and people that you don't. So I don't know if I, I really thought of it that, you know, I just think our, our relationship, or our conversations were better. They stimulated me more. You know, I had a ton of applicants for my time. <laughs> She's the best bachelorette I've ever met. That's so funny. I literally talk about that, how I hired my, she was my first hire, but now business partner is, I, I was going back and forth between the two final candidates and my husband's like, well, what are, what are you going to pick? And I said, you know what? If I gave the rose, if this were the bachelor rules and I gave the rose to the other girl, I'd always think about Hannah. And now we're happy <laughs> ever after is. too. So just right there, you find your people who have your same, your same humor. I, I actually want to say this too, as you were sharing that, Mina. So there were definitely seasons in my business building where I was in a connection mode. I was in a yes mode. I was saying more yeses and being more forward. Right now, and maybe you're having seasons like this too, I get asked to connect with people who I really do want to, but it's not a season right now where there's space for that. So knowing, number one, that it's never personal when you get a no, but find the other people that are really in a building and connecting phase. Find those people because they're out networking. You could go to if there's events, when events come back in your area, you can go and buddy network together. I really relied on that and I didn't worry too much once I you know, finished 
falling over the nose and the rejection. You know, my feelings were hurt, but I, I remember that there were just were people who were in a similar stage as me and that it really helped me to break down also this belief that, oh, if I could just connect with that one person or maybe for, for those of you listening, if this one influencer would share my product, it would totally change everything. You're the only one who's going to change your business ever. Mm-hmm. There's no one person who has all your answers or if you could just get in proximity to them, it would change everything. Um, I think the times where I got no's or I felt like I just oh, if I could just get this person to notice me, it was really teaching me that lesson to take full responsibility. There's no one else who's going to take responsibility for our businesses. And that has changed everything because it really put me in the driver's seat for my own success. So good. So, so good. And mic drop. Yeah. (laughs) Smart and funny. Can you believe it? I mean, you are the whole package. Jacqueline, take a seat. We got a new girl in town. I'm married. Sorry, ladies. (laughs) Taken off the market. (laughs) Darn. Oh, God. Um, So, so like sister wife at this point. (laughs) We'd really be very helpful. (laughs) This went weird, but I'm down. I mean, I think it's really, this is really, our people are going to get this. Does your husband, I know that you, I've seen you, you do a mastermind together and stuff. Does he, is he in the space as well or? Do you guys mm-hmm. like, is he an entrepreneur? So he, um, up until this year was not, he's now just now launching something this year. And it's really fun to watch him go through all the fear in the beginning stages, <laughs> you know, cause I can just so relate, but he's, uh, no, he's always been a big part of any decision, but he doesn't have an official role in powerhouse women other than security guard at our events. Amazing. Self-appointed. Security guard. Security guard. <laughs> self-appointed. <laughs> self-appointed. Yes. I was just curious because, like, you know, um, the three, I mean, the three of us, we, you know, we're married. And then um it's nice, and I'm sure a lot of you out there too, it's nice to find community to talk about the similar things with other people. Um, because I can't, I mean, my husband can tell you all sorts of things about fashion, like he knows about marking and grading and all the things that people don't know about. Like you said components, and I was like, yes, handbag lingo. Um, but they are are life partners and romantic ways and that sort of thing can't necessarily always be there for us in the ways that we need them to be, or they don't necessarily want to be, or they're not ready to talk Mm -hmm. about like why your email list isn't growing. They can't even support us in that. So I think it's important to find going back to the idea of community, find people who speak the same language that are at the same journey on the same path as you at the same place as you, because it, I'll tell you that Mina, sometimes I joke Mina saved our marriage because at some point he was like, are you, cause our, my husband likes to fix things and it's like, you know, complaining about client work or whatever. And he would be, he couldn't help. And so yeah. it took me finding a community of other women running businesses in similar struggles, having young children to kind of help open up my eyes to like other possibility and to talk to, and then also to celebrate our wins with. So, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that though, because I don't want people to think that you know, I actually work with Jacqueline is my one partner. And then I have my husband in my other business. So I have him as a partner. And I will tell you that the relationship dynamic is, is really different, you know, especially, you know, we talk about the kids and we have the other business and that sort of thing. And I think that for all of you, that you could keep that in mind because, you know, I think that the, no matter, even if your husband works with you in the business, you should definitely seek out female friends that are at the same level, that are doing big things. They just deliver a different thing in your brain, you know? And so while my husband and I, you know, he's high achieving, he's so smart, he's 
pretty funny, not as funny as me. Um, you know, all the things like I do think that it's just a different relationship, right? So I think that everybody deserves and is worthy of really strong female friendships. You know, this is something that's never talked about. You know, when we were young and in high school, it was almost like you need to be part of the clique or something like that. And then they, it was like you stopped making friends or something, you know, because you went off to college and then you had mom friends, I guess that was okay. But I do think that people should always have, you know, women have this special gift of being strong and nurturing and all these different things. And I think that the, the benefits of that type of relationship is much different than even if your partner, you know, or your husband, husband or your, you know, works with you. So whatever that looks like your wife, you know, I think that having other people outside your business that you can partner with and collaborate with that still adds so much value and dimension to your life. So true. Uh, we joke. So Lori and I, now that she's spending part of the year in, in Scottsdale, we run together twice a week and our husbands get kind of annoyed at us if we skip runs, because then we were both verbal processors. Then we want to verbally (laughs) process with them. They're like, Elliot will look at me. He'll go, you did. You haven't run with Lori in a while, have you? You have a lot of words. It's a lot of words right now. She so, yeah. actually left me a voice message this morning. And I was like, I, I'm a verbal processor. I like the verbal processing, you know, mm-hmm. like, because it's true. And, it, you know, it's just some of us need to get it out in words. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's nice to find those people that get it out the way that you need to or don't, you know. So it is. That's so funny that your husband's like, hey, you need to go go get your person. <laughs> Go back. He yeah. He's like, he all of a sudden I, I'm I'm asleep and he's putting on my running shoes. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> gotta go. You've got go to run. go, Lindsay. <laughs> Not this morning. You got to get going. <laughs> I need my quiet time with this my morning. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the point of all of this for all of you, and I mean Mina and I have worked really hard to build a community of fellow product-based business owners. Lindsay has a community of of just powerhouse women, and um, there are product bosses in there as well, product entrepreneurs. And so I think the three of us really want to say, go find your community, find the people that will support you and water your seed and help it grow versus, you know, um, pulling it out and being like, Nope, Nope, not going to happen. Not going to work. Cause those aren't the people. What is this a seed? (laughs) That's that's the usual reaction. (laughs) So Lindsay, tell our community, um, you know, how they can connect with you about powerhouse women, um, the six figure school and all the things. Yes. Well, I just cannot thank you enough. Like I said, I I think what we really recognized in each other was just that common desire to see women win in business and to generate community around it. So I feel like anyone who's in the product boss community would just like be such, uh, you probably have just as refined sense of humors as all of us. So you're more than welcome. And we we have a live event. We have a membership community, which is just a beautiful place, especially if you are brand, brand new and just need that support. And it's all virtual. It's called the Girl Gang. We do have matching jackets. Just putting it out there. Um, <laughs> I love it. There really is a Girl Gang jacket. But then, uh, we, yeah, there's other opportunities throughout the year. Six Figure School opens in the fall. And that's just a, a really beautiful uh, step-by-step plan combined with the community element to make sure that you get over those critical humps where you probably are going to want to quit and you have like the next step in front of you to focus on. So I'm just so grateful that we're all in each other's world and I can't wait to just watch the women in our communities grow this year. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Lindsay. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? 
subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the product boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop One in Five Pledge and Small Business Shopping Directory. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So head to shoponeinfive.com to take the pledge. And friend, while you are there, check out and shop from hundreds of small businesses in the Small Business Shopping Directory. It's the go-to directory to discover, support, and shop small businesses all in one place. Head to shop1in5.com.